0: Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you for your love, your extravagant love that you're ever pouring upon our hearts. Thank you for how much you care about every part of our existence. Today, just we welcome you into our hearts and into this place. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us and minister to the needs of our innermost being. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thought today, since Dave, I have kind of just filling in the gap here, just to, to look at um, the, the attributes of God and the character of God a little bit, because I really find that this is a uh, kind of um, study and exploration that we never could say, I got it. I, I got it all, I, 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 under, I understand it all. There's always more, there's always more. There's a neat little poem, my grandfather used to quote lots of poems and um, it said, went something like this. I, um, I can only see a little of the ocean just a few miles distant from the sandy shore, but out there far beyond the eye's horizon, there's more, immeasurably more. We can only see a little of God's loving, just a few rich treasures from his mighty store. But out there far beyond our eyes' horizon, there's more, immeasurably more. Woohoo! And when we come to the character of God and the attributes of God, there's just so much more that we could comprehend. And part of the reason for that is because our minds cannot take in infinite. We can't take it in. We just cannot. If you ever, you know, don't you ever stop and think, okay, forever, I am going to live forever. How do, how? We can't. Our minds, we can't like wrap our, our, our minds around that thought. I'm going to live forever. Forever is a long time, isn't yeah. it? And, you know, just that piece alone, the infinity, is a piece of course that we just really in our humanness cannot take in, cannot fully comprehend. And so when we when you take that and now apply that to God and his attributes and his character and start to understand that whatever he was then or was to somebody there, He is today, and he will be forever. And it's so foreign to us because we live in a world that is constantly changing. We have no concept of it whatsoever because nothing in our lives stays the same. We are born as an itty-bitty little baby. My friend in New Jersey, who I used to work for in the pregnancy center, she had her first baby this week. And I got the picture of, of, oh, it's so beautiful, you know. But that baby's not going to stay that size, is it? It's ever changing. As a matter of fact, as we sit here today, we are changing. We are growing older by the second. <laughs> by the time this class is over, you'll be older than when we than than you are right now. So the change is on uh, <laughs> just to encourage your hearts. <laughs> so the change is 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 ever-present, always ongoing change. And we hate change. We don't like change. We already made, we already didn't like the fact that by the end of the class, we're gonna be older than we are now. You you see what I'm saying? And change is hard for us as human beings. I know there's some people that are really, their their temperament is really adventurous and they just love to, love change more than others. But generally speaking, that's not the case. We just really don't adapt to change well. You know, the seasons change, Um, the seasons in our life change, so much changes. People come, people go, the whole nine yards, everything is changing all the time. And when we think about God, not only is he eternal from before the beginning of time to infinity, but he is unchanging, 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 always the same what he was yesterday he is today he will be tomorrow and so we can count on it and with that backdrop we explore the characters of the character of god and what the bible shows us his character is and what it does is it increases what as we increase in our knowledge of god god doesn't change our perceptions change our understanding changes we say well god get you know sometimes we say God gets, be- God, God gets better as we go along. Well, no, God doesn't get better. We, we change in our, in our perception. God's the same all the time. <laughs> you understand? And, and, and there's different ways we express that. But God's, God's constant it is constant. And his love towards us, he's not going to love us more tomorrow than he loves us today or than he loved us yesterday. His extravagant love is always in place. As well as that, many other attributes, and so um, we'll just look at, at some of them this morning, and um, maybe at some point I'll even have you um, look up some verses um, in the Bible. Imagine that, since it's Bible class. All right. Um, the first one we're going to look at is God, my provider, and we like this one because God is we, we we like to think of God as our provider, and where we get that from is in Genesis 22. Where God says to Abraham, "Take your son Isaac and go and offer him." Now he was the son of promise. Uh, um, Abraham had um, already—I mean, you know—as far as we're concerned, we would think, "Well, he's already passed all tests." I mean, you know, he—he's been going around for a hundred years saying that he's the father of many nations, and with no child. And then finally God comes to him and says, okay, now's the time. Now you're going to have a child. And, God, and Abraham's going, oh, praise brother. <laughs> Lord, <praise> God, <laughs> what did you wait till I was 100 for, you know? <laughs> oh, yes, <ma'am>. <laughs> <laughs> so sure enough, miraculously, Sarah conceives and they have a son. So you would think, I mean, me and you would think, well, that's, that's enough. I mean, didn't he pass all the tests by now? And then, when, he, when, the, when the boy is 17 or 18 years old, God says to Abraham, Okay, Abraham, bring Isaac. I want you to sacrifice him. Huh? <laughs> What's up with that? But by this time, Abraham knew God a little bit better than he had when God said, Come on, come out, you know, move your tent and follow me. <laughs> he knew him a little bit better than he had back there. And so... Abraham, it seems from the account that we have, unquestionably, just says, oh, okay, sure, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and uh, he gets Isaac, he gets his servants, and he says, bring some bring some wood and, and bring some fire. And um, So they rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. That's Genesis 22.3. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, and the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Do you hear what those words said? Let me read them again to you. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and what's the next word? We, we will come back to you. So what do we see there? Ooh, he had confidence in his God. Yes. He believed that if he had to sacrifice his son, God was going to just raise him from the dead because this was the son of promise. And that was it. And when we have that, when we come to that place in our consecration and in our faith, that's the test of our... That's a test of our life. God is looking for it to see if we really believe him. That's why it says of Abraham that by faith he obeyed God. And he did. And so Isaac spoke to his father and said, My father? And he said, Yes. He said, What is it? He said, Well, he says, Look, we have fire, we have wood, but we don't have a lamb for the burnt offering. And Abraham said, Listen to his words. My son, God will provide. And that's where we get this. That God is our provider. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. They come to the place. And then how this happens, I mean, just just think about it for a bit. Old Abraham, now he's like 117 or whatever. (laughs) Young Isaac, strong young man. (laughs) How does he get him bowed on the altar? I mean... Isaac could have just, you know, knocked his father down. I mean, or pushed him away. Or I mean, he's a strong young man, and Abraham is is an old codger, so to speak. <laughs> Amazing that he would cooperate with with this whole. I mean, think about your children. Would your children be like, oh, okay, no problem. Sure, I'll get on the top of the altar. You can you can stab me to death, and, and then believe that I'll be raised back. I mean, it's it's almost like you, your mind can't even process. Yeah, your mind can't even process it. Yeah, what are you, losing your mind? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing story. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Obe- total obedience and trust. It's just it's just mind-boggling. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hands on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know... That you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. Behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place. The Lord will provide, as it is said this day. In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And so really, the ram was a replacement substitute. And we forget sometimes how, how Jesus is this replacement sacrifice for us. He was the only son. He was the promised son. And God did allow him to be killed. You know, what a, what a difference. You know, Isaac was spared. Isaac was spared the death, wasn't he? And the ram caught in the thicket was, was what um, was, was killed and uh so we see god's just it's just an amazing story to ponder and to think about and to understand that jesus became that that lamb for us and he died in our place we should have been killed it's such a picture of that we should have died for our own sins we we don't deserve to go free (laughs) but god said no don't don't kill my 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 beloved creation and Jesus said, I'll take the I'll be the ram caught in the thicket. I'll take the, the death blow. And so in our place he has been killed. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. And so we have a wonderful Savior. And and what I was starting to say was that. When we think of provision, we think of monetary stuff and food and clothing, but but what's the provision there? The provision there is the sacrifice, and God is our provider in providing the sacrifice to pay for our sins. That's what the that's what that provision is. God, my provider, and He it says in the in another place in the Word that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It wasn't an afterthought. God didn't say, well, when Adam and Eve sinned, now let's see, we gotta figure something out here. We have to figure out what to do. No, it was the plan that was in place from before the foundation of the world. God's foreknowledge knew that uh, mankind would choose to sin and that uh, redemption would be necessary. That rescue was going to have to rescue plan was going to be needed, and it was already in place, and he was willing, a willing sacrifice, and so that is, that is what the provision is. The provision is that our sin problem has been taken care of, and you know, we have a world around us that's so broken down, and so distraught, and so hurt, and so wounded and so corrupt and whatever you whatever words you want to put in there and you know what the problem is the problem is sin and we have so many fixes in our world to fix this and to fix that and to try to fix this and to try to fix that and we're missing there's 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 a root problem and the root problem is sin and when sin gets taken care of and people start to believe on Jesus and allow him into their lives and allow him to minister to the sin problem in their life a lot of other things are taken care of you don't have to be running around so much and i'm not saying uh, I, don't don't misunderstand here i'm not saying that you know there's there's some wonderful programs in our world to help people in like for instance in addiction Um, problems and you know there's wonderful support groups and there's and there's counseling and there's we have more help in our world available to us than I think at any other point in history and it's more accessible than it ever was before and and we should avail ourselves of of learning and help and all of that I'm not minimizing that but I am saying that so so much so many of our problems in the world and in in sometimes even in our lives just stem from a, a root of sin And God has provided and taken care of the sin problem for us. We can transfer our sins onto the lamb. You know, the Israelites had got this a little better than we do. Because in order to worship God, what did they have to do? They had to bring either a turtle dove or a lamb or some kind of animal as a sacrifice. And what did they do? They had to transfer. They laid their hands on that animal. And they transferred their sins to that animal. That animal was the substitute for their they should be killed for their sins they understood that because that animal was about to be killed for their sins they they transferred their sins it was like confession they went and transferred their sin onto that animal and that animal was killed in their place and god accepted that in the old testament again a huge reason why we should be very extremely exuberantly happy that we live on this side of the cross and not on that side of the cross because i do not think i would enjoy that kind of worship i don't know about you but um really when you really stop and think and process the thought of what worshiping god was like in the old testament that's what it was coming with an animal transferring your sin onto it and seeing it slaughtered in front of you and this blood put over here and this piece put over there and Uh, I think there's some of us that wouldn't, we wouldn't be here today if we were doing that kind of stuff. Right. You understand? And so it it should heighten our appreciation for the fact that Jesus came and was the the sin offering for us. He took our penalty on the cross. And it is the season of, of when people think a little bit more about the cross, right? And so we have a wonderful provider. And it's not... That he's—it's tr- not the prov- the provision here that we usually think of of monetary and clothing and food, like I said, but it's this provision of having the sin problem taken care of. You know, even even um, psychiatrists and and all that 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 world, when they try and help people, they try and find where is the guilt. People are guilty, so if we can remove the guilt from them and tell them oh that wasn't your fault don't worry about a thing you know everything <laughs> just t- tell me about your childhood and, and don't worry the you know don't worry the- well we know that that doesn't work they they know what the what the problem is they understand that too that the guilt is there but they can't take the guilt away but jesus jesus can jesus does coming to him believing in him saying yes thank you for being my sacrifice removes the guilt of sin those people who transferred their tried to transfer their sins onto those animals they never had that freedom from guilt it didn't go away they always had to come again they still had the guilt they still had the and it didn't go away Whereas when we come to Jesus and believe in him, that that's all provided for instantly, instantly, in a moment of time. Hallelujah, what a Savior who can take a poor lost sinner, lift him from the miry clay, and set him free. I will ever tell the story shouting, glory, 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 hallelujah, Jesus lifted me. Praise the Lord. We have a wonderful Savior, and it's really something that we can be excited about That we have such a great provider. And so that's just the first one. And then we have, uh, going forward, we have Jehovah Rapha, which is God my healer. And in the atonement and in his body on the tree, it says by his stripes we are healed. And as we come to him and we transfer, again, it's that our, 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 um, our willingness to accept him as our healer. And I don't have all the answers. I know, you know, sometimes people pray and say, well, how come um, this, you know, sometimes people are healed instantaneously. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it's a process. I don't have all the answers for that. But what we need to do is absorb who God is and say, um, I, I've said this in the in the women's fellowship, what we tend to do, it's a natural human response. We take our experience, our pain and our, our experiences, and we try to... Wrap them around God. And then what happens is we say, it doesn't work. God (laughs) doesn't work. It just doesn't work. What we need to do is take God and wrap him around our experience and allow God to minister to every part of our existence. And as that happens, somehow, I can't tell you how, but I can tell you that as we do that, God answers the need. He answers the questions in our heart. He ministers to us. He 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 does what no other power yes. can do. And there is nothing else in this world that when we allow God into our experience and our wrap himself around us, it works. Yes. And so I some we can't it's not always logic and reason and, you know, figuring it all out and we we don't always have all the all the little, you know, dotted I's and cross T's and, and jots and tilts, which we like as human beings. We want to, you know, figure it all out. And, and we don't always have that when we come to God. Because God is God. And he doesn't have to explain himself to us, really. It's not really necessary. <laughs> and um, so we, we, and that's where our trust comes in. And that's where our trust comes in. And so this is a provision of God And uh, God promised the Israelites when they were um, traveling through the wilderness that he would be the the God, their healer, and he would keep them. And he kept them miraculously in the wilderness. After all, they weren't 10 miles from the nearest mall, uh, or uh, (laughs) they didn't have a corner store, (laughs) and they didn't have a hospital, and they didn't have a clinic. They didn't know, you know, you know what I'm saying? No clinic, no, no, no natural conveniences close by, right? They had God's storehouse in the wilderness. He, he led them from one place to another. He knew before they got there what the need was going to be, and he had the supply. And unfortunately, they never remembered that God, how powerful their God was. He was always waiting for them to remember. How? He had miraculously delivered them from Egypt, from slavery. He had done it miraculously with a mighty outstretched arm. They were slaves. And here, the night that the death angel went out and killed the firstborn in Egypt, their firstborn were spared by putting the blood over the door. and. Then they get to the Red Sea, and miraculously, God yes, opens the sea, and their enemies come and pursue them and get drowned in that. The same sea that was life to them was death to their enemies. And God, the whole known world, that, that news spread through the whole known world. Those, those, those ites, you know, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and all them ites out there, the they, <laughs> yeah they all heard. They all knew about it. And God was, that was their opportunity. God was using this, this miraculous deliverance from Egypt as the opportunity for the rest of the world to say, wow, that's a God I want to worship. That's a God I want to find out about. And what happened was, you know, in the, all of those, those, those lands, all of those countries, they worshipped idols and they worshipped the you know it was all satanic and perverse and and vile and God was giving them opportunity to see that there was a living God in he, in the heavens that would provide and would take care of and would do miracles when it was necessary and um, so then later on they were destroyed because they they didn't accept that and and yet when we see when they when Joshua goes to Jericho what does they what do they tell him the spies they say to the spies. We've heard. This whole city is in fear because we've heard about your great God. Hello? I'm not telling you fibs here. I'm telling you the yeah. truth. They heard. Yeah. They heard about this great God, and, and God gave them opportunity to believe. And God is like that. He's, he's, but there comes a day. and That's another piece of who God is. God is a righteous judge. If God wasn't a righteous and a just judge, how could we love him? How could we love a God that wasn't just and that 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 didn't have a boundary, and say I hate sin? And when 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 you don't accept my provision, there is a oh, cutoff point. There is a, a there is a day of judgment. There is a day of judgment. And if He was not just, we would not be able to love Him. It's just would not be possible. And so that helps us to understand that. So. With a mighty outstretched hand, he delivers them from Egypt, takes them out into the wilderness, and part of the provision for them there was that he would take care of them and heal them. He even kept their their shoes from wearing out as they walked through the wilderness. I'm telling you, God is just—you know, God. God is just whatever the. Praise God. He's. Psalm 107 says, They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same. James says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing Psalms. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. We have to take the word of God at face value and say, yes, Lord, I believe it. And one of the th- what does it say there? What does it say there? Is any among you sick? Just pray that by osmosis, the pastor or somebody in the church will know. That I need to be prayed for. No, it says let him call for the elders of the church. And when we are in need, and I'm talking to me too, we need to let each other know, and we need to say, "Please pray for me. Please pray for me. Please pray for me." We need. That's how body. That's how body operates. That's how body works. When we and when one suffers, all suffer. That's body life. We are our body, and we need one another, and we need to know when one another is hurting, and, and when one another is in need so that we can pray for one another. And, and the prayer of faith <laughs> shall save the sick. They shall recover. He, go, he will be raised up. And then it includes that if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. Sometimes by our own choice of sinful, sinful choices, we end up in hurtful places, that we, been, we end up in them. but God there's no surprises to God. He's not surprised by where we end up and he still loves us and he's, there's always healing. there's always an, another day where he'll come and he'll say, come let me let me minister to that need let me let me let me, let me move you forward And so that's why our prayers make a difference. We must pray. People say, well, if God is God, and this, again, we have, and one of the reasons I love this study of the character of God is because then what happens is when we start to really, really grasp who God is, when we hear all this contorted, distorted stuff in the media and all around us about God, in here we go, "Uh uh-uh, that's not God. That's not the God I know. That's not the God I know. They got it all wrong. And we need that because we are bombarded in our world with distortions and crazy ideas of what God is like. For instance, like Santa Claus and Superman and Tarzan, I say this frequently, but it's really prevalent in our world. You can't just jump on God's lap with your list, wish list, like for Christmas, and say, this is what I want. Do, 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 do all all of these things for me. And then one morning, wake up and find all these wonderful packages under your tree, and God has answered all all your lists. That's not how it works. I'm sorry, but thats you read the Bible. that, that That's not God. Neither is he going to come flying in your window one day to the rescue and just zap everybody in your life and and, and knock them down off their high horses and, and straighten them all out. That's not how it works. I'm sorry, but that's not the God of the Bible. We don't know God if we think that that's what he's going to do. God takes a willing heart. God has all the power. That's right. He does. But he does not just impose himself. He has never done that at any point in time. You read the word. He's never done that at any point in time. He doesn't just barge his way into people's lives and knock them down. No, they're willing. They're willing. They come They come to him and they say, God, I need help. He says, oh, I was, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> Here. They are. And there's the answer. Then through our willingness, through our desire, He comes and he does what is needed, but it's not like Tarzan or Santa Claus or any of that kind of stuff, and it's a different mentality, and it's permeated our whole society, and so we need to understand and increase in the knowledge of God, and we can come back to this study over and over again and say, oh, God increase my understanding of who you are and how you want to be in my life so that I can live in greater fullness. You know, there's always more. That's why I started with that poem this morning, that there's more, immeasurably more. You want more, God? You need something more in your life? I got to tell you, there's more. He can give you more. You can have more. He's accessible. He's put the resources at our disposal. He provided for those children of Israel out in the wilderness. He had the resource for them. They didn't have water. He had, of water for them. Yes. They didn't have whatever bread. He had bread. He just sent them bread out of heaven. No, No big deal. They got hungry for meat. He sent them meat out of heaven. No, no problem. God's not short supplied. He's not like saying, Oh my goodness, how am I going to get all the supplies to meet Jane's needs today? Oh my goodness. He, he's not sweating it. You know, he's got the abundance. He's got the provision. And it's our part to avail ourselves of it and to say, I want more of you today, God. I want all that you have for me today. I I know there are lives that need to be impacted and I want to be available to you. I am willing. Or maybe we have a huge need in our life, a situation that we have no idea how the solutions and solving it can can possibly happen. Well, I want to tell you that God, nobody can tell you. I can't tell you what the solution is. And if anybody tells you they have the solution, well, I'd like to hear that. We have to come to God ourselves with desire. And our desire is what brings God into the situation. And we have to say, God, please come, show me what to do. Show me a step to take. Sometimes it has to change, and that's why I've been saying that. I know I say it with humor, but I say it because I see so many Christians stuck And we cannot keep doing the same things over and over and expect different results. We have got to open ourselves up to God and say, Show me, show me, Father, how to do this differently. Clearly, I'm stuck here. I need you to give me some divine wisdom. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. And he doesn't say, oh my goodness, you mean you didn't get that yet? That's not our God. When we come and we say, oh, God, I need wisdom. I don't know how to go forward here. I don't know how this situation will ever change. He says, well, here's a little idea. Try this. And when we do, whew, mountains start to move. The high places come down. Everything comes into divine, divine order as we obey what he shows us when we cry out to him. But always, it's the two parts. God is powerful. He's willing. And our willingness, we match it up with that. It's like the extended hand I talked about a couple weeks ago. What do we do? We have to grasp it. Yeah. You can't just, <laughs> the hand is, his hand is always reaching out to us. Yes. His hand of help. But we have to grasp it and allow him to take us another step forward. And so I just pray that that mm-hmm. empowers you and enables you to move forward in your life. And I encourage you to study yourself out more Someday I'll pick this up again, and we'll go through it some more. Uh, more about the character of God and his attributes and who he is. <laughs> and you can do that on your own and just just study that out. And ask him each day, God, help me to know you better today. Help me to know you better today. I want to know you in your fullness. I want to know you more. Because we're going to spend eternity with him. We're going to be with him forever. Oh, so we, when we get there, we want to be on, on familiar ground, don't we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for how wonderful you are, how good you are, how much you've already done in our lives. We know you're not finished, Lord. You have more for us, much more. Help us to desire it. Stir our desire today. Let the desires in our hearts burn more brightly for you, Lord, that we will bring you into our world in new and powerful ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.